As human beings, we have a love affair with love. Think about it for a moment. We were created by love. God is love. We were created by love for love. When Jesus was asked time and time again, what's the greatest commandment? He said, love God and love others. Love. Continue to love. One person said something like this. Love is the most powerful source in the universe. It's, it's greater than bribery, greater than slavery, greater than jealousy, greater than lust. We love to love uh, because we were created for it. We are supposed to love one another. We're going through this series, Assets. There there are these uh, these values that we have at Whiting Christian Church that kind of define who we are. They're the the pillars on our foundation. And we're just simply saying this morning, we have to love others. And this idea of love has not been lost on our culture. In fact, over the centuries, uh, there have been all sorts of songs written about love. So we created our own little playlist. I want you to listen. It's about love. Don't you guys feel more loving already? It's, it's one of these assets that we have as a church. We We may not sing great songs about love. We may not write great songs about love ourselves, but we can live and love like Jesus because that's who we are. So this morning, I just want to ask, who is it that we should love and how is it that we should love them? I mean, what what people should we be loving and, and in what ways should we go about loving them? Uh, So that we come to the conclusion at the end uh, that we're saying that we need to love like Jesus because that's who we are. Now there's a number of texts that we're going to look at this morning. There's a number of pieces of scripture that that, that we're going to look through that that God points us to on, on who it is that we're supposed to love and how we're supposed to love them. I'm going to look at Three different pools of people, three different groups, three three different sets of people, and I'm going to start with those who are easiest, and I'm going to move to those who are hardest. We're going to start with those who are easy to love, and we're going to move to those that are hardest to love. You may be thinking, well, Mike, I thought we were supposed to love everybody, and that's true, but... There are some people that are easier to love than others. And we're going to start uh, by saying that we need to love the insider. When I say we need to love the insider, I mean we need to just love our fellow brothers and sisters in Christ. We need to to love those insiders who who also love Jesus, who, who call themselves Christian, who say, I am a follower of Jesus. We need to love the insider. Jesus says this, In John chapter 13, uh, he says uh, to those who are his disciples, he he is in a context, he is about to leave. 
scholars call this section of the Bible the farewell discourse. They call it the farewell discourse because Jesus is singing so long farewell. You'll get it in a minute. He's leaving and he's giving very uh, interesting and very crucial instruction to his disciples about what is expected from their life. And he says this in verse 34. He says, a new command I give you, love one another as I have loved you, so you must love one another. By this all men will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. We're supposed to love each other. If you're a disciple of Jesus, if you're a follower of Christ, then we need to love one another. Now, you may have noticed that Jesus says, I'm giving you a new command. Now, perhaps you have gone to this section of Scripture and you're saying, Jesus, this isn't a new command. That's a very old command. You said that a long, long time ago. God said in His Word, a long before that, you have to love each other. So it's not a new command, as in new words, but it is new in expectation. Notice what Jesus said, a new command I give you, love one another as I have loved you, so you must love one another. It's not a new command, but it is new in expectation. You see, Jesus is saying, uh, no longer can you just love haphazardly. You have to love like I am loving you. He says it again, the same author, but in a different book. In 1 John chapter 3, uh, verse 11, he backs it up. He says, this is a message that you've known from the very beginning. When you were knee-high to a grasshopper, uh, when you were coming to church, when you were doing Sunday school, uh, maybe uh, the first times that you uh, had the Scriptures open to you, uh, you were told you have to love one another. He says this, this is the message you heard from the beginning. From the very beginning, right there at the infancy of your whole Christian life, you knew about this. We should love one another. There it is. Love one another. So who is it that we're supposed to love? We're supposed to love the insiders. But how is it that we're supposed to love them? Well, I know that you might find this hard to believe, but sometimes, even throughout Scripture, sometimes Christians, followers of Jesus, disciples, uh, learners of Jesus, uh, they have had conflict with one another. And yet the message uh, for those who may have conflict, uh, even though they're followers of Jesus, uh, the message for them is the exact same as it was before the conflict. Love one another. Uh, there was a, a passage that Paul was writing and, and he was getting at this, this idea of unity in community. And he was talking to those who were in the church. He wasn't talking to anybody outside the church. He was talking to those inside the church. And in Ephesians chapter 4, uh, in talking about this unity that's created among the followers of Jesus, he says in chapter 4 verse 2, he says, Be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, and get this, bearing with one another in love. Bear with one another in love. Even when there's a potential for conflict, uh, we have the order from God Himself through His Word uh, that we are to love one another in the church with one another. Now, now how does that happen? 
You see, sometimes we would do things differently. Have you ever had that happen to you? You're sitting there, you're listening to something. Maybe you're listening to this sermon right now and you're going, I would do that differently. Maybe you say that regularly, I don't know. Uh, maybe you, you used to do something in the church that someone else now does. And you think, I wouldn't make that decision. I wouldn't go about that teaching, that music playing. I wouldn't do it that way. And, and perhaps, perhaps uh, that begins to just be uh, this, little, this little nickel of conflict that grows within your soul. And you're tempted, you are tempted, instead of loving your brother or sister in Christ, to assassinate their character because you would do something differently. And maybe, maybe it's not even that. Maybe it is that your personality is such that your personality doesn't play well with someone else's personality in the church, another follower of Jesus. We all have different personalities. Are you aware of that? And maybe there is this person, this follower of Jesus, and they are they're particularly particular. And maybe there's this other person, and they happen to be rather assertive. And you just don't play that way. And when you encounter them, you are tempted to say, I am justified in not liking them and not going about loving them because... Their personality doesn't play nice with mine. And perhaps maybe you need to realize that perhaps your personality doesn't play nice with others either. You see, when Paul says, bear with one another, he is saying in Greek, put up with one another. Put up with each other. There was an old phrase a counselor in college told me. Sometimes in a marriage and sometimes with fellow believers, you fake it till you make it. And so Paul says, love the insider. Love the person perhaps that you have a tendency to be in conflict with. Not on your own, but because you are a follower of Jesus, knowing that they're a follower of Jesus, and so you, you obey the teaching of Jesus and of Scripture that you would love one another. But it's not just the love of insiders in conflict. We need to love each other in various ways. Sometimes we need to love each other by simply serving each other and helping one another out, recognizing a need and meeting it. 
Again, in 1 John chapter 3, John very simply says in verse 17, If anyone has material possessions and sees his brother in need, but has no pity on him, how can the love of God be in him? Hey, have you ever noticed that there are needs that your fellow brothers and sisters have that you can meet? I love that Josh got up and he said, hey, uh, there's this need out there. There's this guy. He had to have a surgery. And it's uh, more costly than he can possibly afford. And, and we might have some more material possessions that, uh, that they don't have down there. And what if as a church we began to look at that and say, hey, I have something that can meet that need. Several weeks ago, I decided to go on a great adventure. I put a new roof on my house. And it wasn't just uh, putting new shingles on. We decided to tear everything off and start all over again. I needed help. And there were, there were three men from this church who came down and gave their hours, and it was hot. And it's hard work. And there's like a 25-foot drop-off. And one of the guys I know for sure doesn't really love heights. And yet he came anyway. He said, I know that there's a need and I can do something about it. I may not have all the technical skills that I need, but I'm going to go and help where I can, when I can, uh, because I recognize that there's somebody else in my church, uh, a fellow believer in Jesus, that I can go and I can meet that need. And perhaps there's something that you can do uh, with other people in the church that you know they need something, and so you go ahead and you meet that need. A couple weeks ago, not even a couple weeks ago, my son, Simon, that kid is such a joy in my life. He's like this little fireball running around all the time. Just ask his mom. And he turned four. Turned four years old. Pretty exciting times. He had a Paw Patrol cake. We still have some of it in our refrigerator if you want to come by. And as is customary with birthdays, you get cards. I was so surprised. Shocked me. It probably shouldn't have, but it did. One of the people, one of the couples in our church, this church, found out that it was Simon's birthday. And they had the forethought to get a birthday card, write in it, and stick $4, one for every year, in the birthday card and send it to my son. Melted me. I got that and I thought, what's this? And he opened it up and just to see the look, on, I thought, there it is. It's people who understand this asset, this value of loving one another. They see something, they notice something, and then they act on it. They say, I'm going to do this little thing 
so that you know that I love you. And you can do that, church. You can take each other out for Sunday afternoon dinner. I'm going to be free in about 20 minutes. <laughs> Sometimes I crack myself up. You can text each other. You can send each other cards. You can serve with one another. Uh, but you can find little ways of expressing to one another, followers of Jesus, that you love each other. That you will be unified because of Christ. And you will go forward in love. Who are we supposed to love? We are to love the insider. Now, as you can probably imagine, if we're to love the insider, who else are we to love? We're to love the outsider. If we're to love the insider, those who are followers of Jesus, we have to also love the outsider. Uh, those who don't know Jesus. Those who may not even want to know Jesus. Those who may uh, actually despise Jesus and may trample over everything that you value. We have to begin to love the outsider as well as the insider. Maybe the most powerful story that Jesus tells in regards to loving the outsider uh, happens in Luke chapter 10. And he, he is confronted by a, a Pharisee, a scribe, uh, a man who knows a lot about the law. In Luke chapter 10, verse 25, on one occasion, an expert in the law stood up to, to test Jesus. And he said, teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? He says, what is written in the law? How do you read it? Jesus responds. And he answered, love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your soul, and with all of your strength, and with all of your mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. You see, he knew the right answer. Like, he had been in this sermon, right? Someone asked him outside, hey, what are you supposed to do? What's the great value of widening Christian church? Love each other. Right, Jesus says. He gives him a thumbs up on the answer. He says, you have answered correctly. And then he says, do this. Do it. And you will, you will live. But he wanted to justify himself, so he asked, who is my neighbor? And Jesus goes on to tell this parable about a man, a, a Samaritan, definitely an outsider. And he makes him the hero. And he says, do like that. Here's the crazy thing. We're to love the outsiders just like we love the insiders. We're to love the outsiders, those who don't know Jesus, just like we love the insiders. You see a need, you should meet it. You see someone that you can serve, you should. You see some encouragement can, that can be passed along, you should go ahead and do that. Now here's the thing, here's the thing, Christians. We want to love to get something from outsiders oftentimes. 
Now, we want them to come to know and love Jesus. This is good. Our motive is right there. We want people uh, to, that don't know Jesus to come to know Him because He's made a difference in our life, hasn't He? Um, he's reshaped who we are. Uh, he reshapes our values. He's reshaped our families. He's reshaped uh, every facet of our being. And so we want people to come to know Him. Uh, but here's the deal. We can't love people that don't know Him just so that we can get something back. We can't love them. We can't love them just to try and get something in return. We have to love them just because. We have to love them because God said, love me and love people. You see, if we begin to love so that... So that our only motive for loving others that are outsiders is so that they'll be converted. It's called manipulation, and that's not love. So we have to begin to reframe and say, I will love just because I have the opportunity. And so maybe, maybe you have someone that you know who's an outsider and you do the same things that you would love for an insider. Maybe you have an extra ticket to a ball game. Hey, do you want to come? Uh, maybe you recognize a, a need for time. They need more time. And, and so you say, you know what? I can go mow the lawn. I can do some things around the house to make sure that you have the kind of time that you need to do some more important things. We have to love the outsider like we love the insider, without manipulating. Now that one's a little harder, but this next one is really, really hard. This next one, it doesn't get any harder than this. Jesus said we have to love the insider, we have to love the outsider. But Scripture is very clear, we have to love our enemies. We have to love those who have hurt us. We have to love those who, if, if we're really honest with ourselves, we want to hurt back. That we're angry with, that we're mad at. Jesus says it very, very clearly in Matthew chapter 5. He's nearing the middle of what we have called the Sermon on the Mount. And He says this, You have heard that it was said, Love your neighbor, but hate your enemy. But I tell you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you, that you may be sons of your Father in heaven. He causes His Son to rise on the evil and the good, and He sends rain on the righteous and the unrighteous. If you love those who love you, what reward will you get? Are not even tax collectors doing that? And if you greet only your brothers, what are you doing more than others? Don't even pagans do that? He says, be perfect, therefore, as your heavenly Father is perfect. Love your enemies. We usually categorize people who are enemies because they have done something intentionally to hurt us. Well, maybe you're sitting there right now and you have been abused. You have been hurt by a parent, by a neighbor, by a friend, 
or someone you thought was a friend. Maybe by someone in authority. Maybe you have been abused in an awful, terrible way. And all that you can feel toward that person or persons is hatred and anger. And you're mad. And you don't even want to think about loving them. So how is it that we love our enemies? The only thing that I can think of in the context of what Jesus is saying in loving His enemies in Matthew chapter 5, the only way that I think that Scripture points to how is it that we are able to actually begin to love our enemies is that we make Christ so central that we become so secure in who He is and who He's made me to be that it doesn't matter. I can love anybody. Why? Because I recognize my security in Jesus, the One who I was an enemy to and who loved me. And so perhaps the thing that defines love to our enemies most is the thing that Jesus gave to us. You see, He granted forgiveness. You say, I, I couldn't possibly begin to forgive. I, I couldn't possibly begin uh, to wipe the slate clean with that bit of hurt, that bit of anger. And yet, it seems that what Jesus is pointing to is when there's a security in Jesus, you could give the coat off your back to your enemy. That you could walk the extra mile with your enemy. That you could turn the other cheek to your enemy. Because you know who you are with Jesus. This last week, I had had recommended to me a movie that I needed to watch. I had a free night, and so I said, yeah, sure, let's, uh, let's watch this movie. I wasn't prepared for it. It wrecked me. It wrecked me in this area of love for my enemies. And when I finished the movie, I, I knew who my enemies were. And I knew that I needed to offer forgiveness. Now, I'm going to tell you what the movie is. But let me just say that you have to be in the right frame of mind to watch it. This is not a drama. It's maybe the most serious movie I think I've ever seen. And while not everything I agree with in the movie, it wrecked me in regards to loving my enemy. The movie is called The Shack. 
And after watching, all I could do was cry. I went to bed that night with tears running down my my cheeks because it convicted me of something that I didn't want to face from Scripture. I really do have to love my enemies. I really do have to forgive from a place of security in Christ. So here's what I'm going to ask you all to do. You've heard that we need to love the insider and love the outsider and love the enemy. And so I'm going to ask you just this simple thing. Will you do one simple act of love one time a day for the next 30 days? For the next month, Will you find one person in one of these groups, the insider, the outsider, or your enemies, and find a way to express love? One per day. One time per day, every day for the next 30 days. And if if there were 200 people all gathered in and saying, I am going to make a value of my life loving other people, That's thousands and thousands of acts of love. And you know what? This is how change happens. This is how cultures change in an office building. This is how cultures change in a family. And God will take your love acts and He will begin to act on other people. Your job is simply to love others. And when you do, you'll come to love like Jesus because it's who you are. Let's pray. Gracious God, thank you so much for your love for us. And I pray that you you will inspire us, you will convict us, you will challenge us, you will comfort us, you will give us peace where there is none, and allow us the security in you to love even our enemies. Lord, I I pray that maybe we would even think sacrificing self for the opportunity of loving others. Lord, I pray that we're a church. I pray that we're a a group, an assembly, followers of Jesus. I I pray all of that. I pray that, that we would together love others. And we would not stop. So I pray for the next 30 days in particular, Lord. I pray that we're on it every single day. We're looking for opportunities to express love. Lord, thank you for your goodness to us. Thank you for your love. We pray it all in Jesus' holy and precious name. Amen. If you need to be loved this morning, will you come? Let us love on you. If you need to know the love of Jesus for the first time, come. If you just need Jesus and you're already a follower, you come.
Let's stand. Let's sing.